Hello and welcome to the Carlton Blue post-match reaction. We've all got big smiles on our faces for two reasons, really. A big win for Aston Villa. And it's like the good old days, isn't it? Matt Lynch and Dan Bardell joining me for a podcast show to talk all things Aston Villa. Although I don't think we ever actually did a podcast together on screen as a three, because I was always behind the camera. So I was thinking this before, Matt. It's thanks to you leaving and getting a job that I stepped in front <laughs> to, to cover you. And here I am, <laughs> three or four, five years later, still doing it. Uh, how are we both? I'll come to you first, Matt. Buzzing with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasing performance, isn't it? I think I said it just now. It's a, it's a professional job is what we've done there and that's all you can ask for. Dan, how are you? Yeah, good. Lynch, obviously, come back for the glory days, making his way back into the in, into the media world when, when Villa are in Europe. Not, didn't, 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 haven't seen him for three or four years when Villa have been dropped. He's, uh, he's returned now, hasn't he? I mean, to, to be fair, before we talk about him, we can talk about that little context, a little bit of how far we've come. When we started the Villa View, we were about to be relegated down into the Championship, thinking, ah, well, we'll, we'll start this fan channel because we'll probably be quite good next year and go straight back up. Uh, and it's taken, what, five, six years for us to get back to European football from when we started that and 12 to 13 years since we were last in the competition with Villa. It's um, it's nice, isn't it, Dan, as much as that was a, a very easy game and probably one of the easiest we're going to have, to be back involved in it, to be in the draw a couple of weeks ago, to see the music at the start and all those kind of things. It's nice for us to be back in this kind of competition, isn't it? Yeah, and you've still got to you've still got to beat the t- the teams. I was saying before before we came on, like when I was young and we were in Europe, we got knocked out by like Helsingborgs on a, on a, on away goals because we we drew one one stupidly at Villa Park, and I think we drew nil nil in the in the second leg. So Villa have been knocked out by mediocre European teams even in my, my lifetime. So you have to go there and and win. Hibs obviously had a must have had a decent season in Scotland to, to get where, where they've got to go. And you would have expected Villa to win, but to win in the style that we did is is still nice. So don't take anything away from, from what Villa did today. It was light work, but you still have to put in the hard yards and, and score the goals. And they've done that. I thought it would be slightly tighter than it was in terms of the scoreline. At least I thought Villa would obviously kind of be the, the dominant side in, in the game. I was expecting more like a 2-1 kind of game. And maybe in the second leg, you, you put them to the sword and, and kind of batter them at Villa Park. I didn't expect there to go there away. And obviously, we'll talk about the, the difference between the SPL and the Premier League, but you still think their atmosphere and the begin thing and all that kind of stuff it is a, a potential yeah. banana skin. There wasn't an atmosphere, though, wasn't there? I didn't know. No, there exactly. Was the ground wasn't killed even the game. Killed the game early, though, didn't we, with the with the goals, yeah. pretty much. And, and they know the tie is over. In a, in a weird way, you start to feel a little bit sorry for them when it gets to three, four, and five because there's virtually no point playing the second leg. And some people will say that sounds arrogant, but we are five and a little, but come on. Uh, Matt, is that how you were expecting the game to play out or did you think it'd be slightly tighter than that? I, I must admit I was concerned because I've known Villa for so long in these situations whereby we play a rapid Vienna of that sort and we labour our way through it in some way and, and nick a win here and there or even draw or lose it obviously as we went out so early last time we are in the competition. So from that perspective, I expected us to struggle more, especially when early on I thought we were lacking in terms of being clinical in the first 15. I thought that they were getting in behind us a couple of times. Granted, um, Boar was offside a few times, but it seemed like Hibs were going to create chances. But I think they quickly stamped on that just after 15 minutes. And from there on, I think it, it shot any confidence that Hibs had. And from there, it's a professional job. So the, the, the credit goes to you and I and his team for, for putting an 11 out like that, because we've seen from time to time in the past when Martin Hill infamously put that 11 out in Moscow and disrespected the competition and what happened so I think from from that perspective it's great that we've got a coach that understands European competitions like he does Did you expect the side to be that strong Dan or did you think there'd be more changes in there? 
I thought there'd be two, three changes. I thought Carlos would play, mm. and, and he did. And I thought Tillemans would, would probably play for one of the midfielders. Obviously, he's ended up coming on. But the good thing is because we did so well on Sunday as well, Louise and Kamara now both had like 20, 30 minutes rest in the in, yeah. the, in the last couple of games. So it's probably balanced itself. I, I knew he'd go strong because you have all that effort to, to qualify. And if you play a weak side, you can come a cropper like, like Matt just mentioned. You know, Rapid Vienna did, did us twice and we had a season of work finishing top six and then didn't actually ever get to play in the, mm. in the group stages. So Villa, the ambition will be to get to the group stage. And then if you're playing weaker opposition, you probably can rotate a little bit more. But I, I think he, he did the right thing. You can just tell by Unai Emery's vibe. He just, he just knows all about Europe. Like he's usually... Wearing like a jumper and a shirt, isn't he? To games in Europe, tracksuit, one of the boys. He just knows. He just knows what he's doing in in Europe, doesn't he? So we've got we've got the perfect manager. So anything that he decides to do, however far we go, I'll probably just blindly back because of who he is. Mm, I did think when we spoke about this on our preview show that we, well, the show we did on Monday, that possibly also might might start in goal just because of Emery likes to rotate the goalkeepers in the cup competitions. And I think Matt said no, you play your strongest side possible, even Martinez comes off at half time which you know, the commentator saying he's got he's got a knock whatever which you would imagine is precautionary just because of the score line but you know, give Hibbs a bit of a chance by sticking your second keeper in goal had a good save didn't they at the, at the start <laughs> but he, you know, I could just feel that we were a lot deeper at the start of that second half like immediately with 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 Olsen in goal again I think he's done done the right thing playing playing Martinez I think Martinez would want to play himself as well so yeah he's, he's definitely 100% done the right thing a bit concerning that he's gone off at half time with a knock I didn't hear that on the commentary so I assumed we were just resting him for the. For, I think for that's the, probably what it will be he'll be, he'll be getting rested won't he so you know save him for the save him for the, the, the Sunday game I guess yeah there's a lot of talk about how you know getting further into the competition will affect Villa in the Premier League obviously that's, we're only in the playoff round here and I don't expect that game to affect us at all in the, in the coming weeks until the international break because for, for this instance specifically it's Wednesday night instead of Thursday so it is the extra day uh, with Burnley on Sunday and then next week is can be as weak as Villa can get away with can't it because you're not going to lose 6-0 at Villa Park and not make it through to the next the next stages <laughs> that smirk on your face for like it could happen could just imagine now that he, that he does after, uh, you've, after, you've, after you've said that if it did, I'll just cancel the podcast. We'll never do a show again, which I mean, some people would probably like that. Um, but Villa could could play a fully rotated side and win two two or three nil next week as well, and have an aggregate scoreline of almost double figures. So uh, it shouldn't affect them the next Premier League game after that either because of that that rest and rotation. So it's a like you said earlier, Matt, professional is the way they've gone about it. Yeah, I think that in terms of that, the idea of rotation, I think we're actually extremely limited when we talk about this idea of rotation anyway. Um, you look at that bench, I mean, you and I didn't name a full bench anyway today. Um, mm. I know he likes to put two keepers on the bench, whatever the match is anyway, but we still didn't complete a full bench today, which I don't know if that's room for concern. I wouldn't say so because there's so many players in the injury room at the moment. So but in terms of if you look in that rotation, it, it, there's a bit of depth there to be able to do that in terms of the midfield, you'd say. And up front, you could probably say the same as well going forwards, but still probably a bit light to be able to go full rotation next week. So I think you'd expect to see probably Diego Carlos in there just because he's probably not going to start, let's face it, most likely on on um, Sunday. So there's going to be those faces in there, but yeah, overall, it, it, you'll see a few faces in there. But as I say, that we are a little bit light on that front with a few of the academy boys heading out as, as they have done in the last couple of days and seemingly Archer joining that line as well. Mm, you might as well play Marshall next week in goal. In all yeah. honesty, you might you might as well yeah. blood him and, and and give him a game. Matt's right. I don't think there is much room 
for full rotation at the, the moment. But, you know, Duran can play next week now. Troy Oray can play next week. And all these players getting minutes is beneficial as the season goes on. It gives them minutes in, in, in the bank, doesn't it, and in, in, in the tank. So that will be the by the job that they've done tonight and it's not having too much rotation. That will see us well for the, for the week after because obviously it's a it's a Burnley and then it's a it's Europe and a tough game again against Liverpool at Anfield. So the fact that we can, you know, although we won't be able to take the whole eleven out, we will be able to rest a, a, a fair number of players now, which is a which is a positive thing. You know, Dendonka, for example, could could be back and you can give him 60, 70 minutes if, if he's back. Mm-hmm. If we start, I've heard that Moreno is going to be back in training next week. It'll probably be too early for him, but you can just start to to give players a, a few minutes. You might even need to be able to give Feeney. He was on the bench tonight. might be able to give Feeney yeah. a game, Kelly, Kellyman a game. You know, they're in the position now where they can pretty much do what they want in the second leg, which is a you know, a massive positive, isn't it? Yeah, and if you can't rotate the full 11, which Villa probably couldn't and probably wouldn't actually, I don't think that they, they would do that. If you, it's seven or eight changes, as long as it's the yeah. players that are absolutely pivotal. Like, there's no reason for Ollie Watkins to play next week at all. No, we don't need to score goals. We don't need to have him injured McGinn likewise. Martinez, another. There's no need for him to play at all whatsoever. So uh, Villa, great position to be in. And this is what we wanted to see. We didn't want to be playing a rotated side tonight and only win 2-1. And ne- the ne- next week, there'll be something to play for and have to play a couple of the, the, the first-team players and then be uh, fatigued for Liverpool go there, get the job done, win comfortably. Again, I never thought it'd be 5-0. I thought it might be you know two, two or three. Um, but to win 5-0 like they have has set them up for next week to, to go into the, the group stage pretty comfortably, which the draw is uh, Friday the 1st of September, if, you, if you're interested already. <laughs> you got, you got a bit for. sick for that. <laughs> so, honestly, a couple of people are like, oh, we haven't made it yet. It's like, we're 5-0 up in the away leg. Like, come on. There's no there's no way we don't make it through to the group stages. Christ, like, I think we need to change our perceptions as fan bases a little bit. And like, I know we've been scarred in the past, but if there's anyone out there that's got any doubts that Villa might still not progress after being 5 up, if you had a wobble, I mean, you only have to um, look at the hips too. That's their, you know, that's their best best eleven, and apart from a, an okay first 15, 20, But at the end of the day, Lee Johnson's the manager, which probably tells you everything that, that you need to know about the standard. A strange little man, isn't it? A really strange little creature. <laughs> little toad, any other to throw? A nice throwback to our early days. Bristol City manager, wasn't he? What four, I don't know, four years ago or something, moaning yeah. about the. Not having it like two two home ends. Learning about ball. Bruce doing cape ups. He didn't like yeah, that, did he? Yeah. Bruce did a few cape ups. Moment tonight, wasn't he? Early doors about wearing. That's, what, that's what I mean. Such a strange character. Like, what, what is he moaning about? Typical <laughs> real real small man syndrome. He, he has, doesn't he? Like, he he, he actually does have it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter whether if we sign any players between now and the second leg, can they play? And I'm hoping, well, either one of you two might know. I did have a quick flick through the UA for regulations, as boring as that is. Uh, and it says that list A, so there's a list A and a list B for the, for the squad. List A needs to be submitted by the 18th of August for all matches in the playoffs. So obviously that's passed at the start yeah, of the week. Can't. My football um, manager knowledge tells me that they can't they can't play. <laughs> but there is something about if Villa have uh, like complied with the, the guidelines of homegrown players and whatnot, and I'm not sure whether they have with with the amount of youth players and stuff. If Villa have basically been good boys, they'll say, "Yeah, go on." Then you can you can call you can register more people between the two games. That's how I well, read the rule book anyway. But I'm not 100. percent Well, I did read that. I looked at the UEFA. They published their official squad lists for the head of today for all teams playing in the Europa League Conference League. So I was just looking generally at the other teams and playing in action today and tomorrow. And to be fair, Zanolo wasn't actually listed. Um, 
mm. on those lists. And that was the, the UEFA apparently official submitted squad lists, which didn't quite add up because obviously I know Emery said to John in his press conference the other day, didn't he, about the fact that Zanolo should feature. So but that obviously yeah. didn't quite line up with that. But then obviously UEFA website hadn't listed him on there. So I don't know if that's anything to read into that. Obviously ahead of if we do see Zanolo perhaps get some minutes next week at Villa Park, I don't know. So perhaps that plays into it as well. Could be an admin error. You say there's admin errors in in football sometimes, don't you? I'd like to think that um, Emery knows more than the UEFA admin on the website. That's not, not, yeah. not his job. That's no. not his job, though, is it? No, 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 definitely not. A uh, couple of individuals let's talk about then very quickly. Uh, we always say these post-match shows, we're going to aim to do half an hour, so we don't need to talk for half an hour about the Hibs game. It's, we might, probably won't even do a show next week, to be honest. Uh, Ollie Watkins gets off the rec- off the mark with his first competitive goals of the season, a hat-trick, um, just away from him quickly to include the other goal as well. First three goals of the game were all headers, which is pretty unusual. Uh, but Dan, Watkins specifically, hat-trick, and nice to get a bit of confidence for him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing, isn't it, for going into the, the Premier League games. You could see he was a little bit frustrated with himself on, on Sunday. I, you know, I didn't think he was bad on Sunday. He missed a couple of chances, but he still does an awful lot for, for the team. But it'll, it'll do him good to score a hat-trick. Scoring a hat-trick in any game will do a forward good and will we'll give him confidence. And it still makes me laugh the amount of people that think that we're going to go out there and buy a striker that, that's better than Ollie Watkins. It, it just isn't going to happen. You know, he is a striker that will score 15 to 20 Premier League goals for Villa this season if he, if he stays fit and, and plays every week. I'm not sure where everyone thinks that Villa are going to go and get someone that, that betters that. It's just not going to happen. If you look at the trans, you look at Manchester United, the striker they've had to get in, it is not easy to get in a number nine and getting a bona fide goal scorer. And Villa have got someone who's proven in the Premier League, who's got double figures three three years in a row. And, you know, if he plays games in Europe as well, he'll probably get somewhere between 25 and 30 goals all in. You know, I think he's been a... I know he cost a lot of money, but pound for pound, he, he's been a very, very good signing for Aston Villa. He, he comes alive in the big games as well, which I always think is, yeah. is really, really important. I know tonight wasn't one of those big games, but he took his goal as well. I always think once he scores one, you know, the next chance that comes his way, he'll, he'll usually took it away. Whereas in some games, if he misses his first chance, I think the next one that comes, I mean, he's not going to score that either. So he is at times a, a confidence player. So tonight will yeah. will be a good thing and I would back him to score on Sunday against Burnley now. You mentioned Man United as well. They were linked with Watkins at one point. Mm, so if we're all like, oh, you know, we need to we need to upgrade on Watkins. If sort of club like Man United are after a striker and Watkins is on their kind of radar, we're absolutely kind of set for, for keeping him around. And yeah, you're right, that, that new contract needs to be sorted uh, ASAP, really. Um, like uh, Leon Bailey, Matt, his first away goal for the club. I'm, I'm pretty sure we spoke about it on uh, the show last week that he only scores at home. Six goals at Villa Park. And is he a home player or not? And he turns up Hibs away with a, with a back post header, which is something I've, I don't think I've seen from him. But again, good to have him on the score sheet and, and um, kind of say like putting a run together. It's two games, but you know that's good for Leon Bailey. Yeah, it seems like he's heading in the right direction um, in the sense of the way that his game is developing. I think that at first I wondered whether he's a Unai Emery style player in the sense that you don't quite see the work right at times from him. But a game like today probably suited him from that front. I think so at the weekend against Everton, I think that partnership of having Diaby on that side as well means that he's he's holding his line a lot more in terms of that width. And we're seeing a bit more of him getting into the box in the area. I think that's something we didn't see much of as enough of mm-hmm. him from, from last year and in terms of actually releasing the ball and and making other things happen is a lot more proactive with that now. So it's good to see him chipping in as well. And I think his end product is getting better as well with time as well. So I still think he's a massive part to play in the team in terms of 
what a United season. I mean, we're seeing that with obviously Philogene obviously moving away as well from the club as well. So it's clear that United backs that Leon is a player for the team. So it's good to see, as I say, that he's getting into the area more, which is important. I think the work rate is slowly coming as well. So all in all, I think he's in a good place. And as long as he stays injury free, I think he could have a, a really positive season for Villa. Do you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I think I think the, someone just said it in the in the comments. I think Duran coming in has helped him a little bit because it's another you know like pacey player playing in the same kind of area that he plays in. Albeit he's probably drifting from more central areas, which is enabling Bailey to come from the outside into the in, into the inside, and it's just freeing up a little bit more space. It's it's giving teams a, another player to, to think about of a of a similar ilk, albeit they're playing in in different positions. So two in two. For, for him as well, I was thinking that before, like during the game, I was thinking is that his first goal away from home. He, he is a little bit of a of a Villa Park player. We saw in the first week against Newcastle, he was dragged at half time, didn't have a have a good time at all. But he's kind of getting up to speed a little bit as well. His pre-season's obviously been disrupted because he's played a lot of games for Jamaica, so he came back later than everyone else. Hasn't played as many pre-season games as as everyone else. So he's getting up to speed, and in all honesty, when he is fit. He's pretty much always been picked by, by Unai Emery, so I would expect him, especially with the injuries that we've had, to continue to be picked. I'm going to talk about Luca Dean in a minute as well. Douglas Oise, another penalty for him. Uh, our new penalty taker, 2-2. Two and two. Very good as well, this one, as was the Everton one. Uh, nice to have somebody now that if Villa are getting penalties in games or uh, having to rely on people in penalty shootouts, that Douglas Oise out of nowhere steps up and looks very good at them. Speaking to two people who are experts in the penalty field. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that I could see you smiling as he was <laughs> as, as, as he was saying it. Wasn't even intentional either. No, no. Technically, he's just a good footballer. Is he, now I'll yeah. let, let Matt answer, but he is technically just a, a good footballer. He's good at dead ball, so it, it absolutely makes sense for him to take penalties. Yeah, it was good to see the, the penalty going, especially when you saw his two corner attempts later in the game when he's gone for goal later on. But no, I think it's key because I think that having pinning your own essence one player is one thing. So it's good that there's somebody else in the ranks. And to be honest, you'd probably back McGinn in that situation as well and then probably Kamara as well. So and we know that Tielemans can take a penalty. So in terms of those midfield options, in terms of that, it's great to have a few Deadpool takers now, I think, in in our time as Villa fans, when more recent time, it's been tough to think of actually some some good dead ball takers outside of probably Conor Horan. So it's good that we think we've got a few more options in that area now. So, I mean, even there, there's this competition of place in terms of being the penalty taker. So it's, it's a great position to be in. Hmm. I said we're going to talk about Dean and we're willing to say, well, I want to just talk about the shirts quickly, just based off a couple of comments that came through. Dan, I know that you did a, an Instagram video the other week because it, oh, I had to edit it for you. Uh, have you exercised on your bike to work out how sweaty they were? And I was at Villa Park for the Everton game. I didn't really notice it as much in person. I don't know, I don't know why, whether it's just you're a bit further away. You really notice it on the close-ups on, on TV and on, on the match photographs as well. The shirts are just dripping wet and they... They look terrible as well, as much as it's probably, as you were saying in that clip you did, that it's uncomfortable to wear them. To the level that the Villa players are, are sweating in them as well, like it must feel like a weight to, to run around with. But it just looks crap. Some, something in that shirt that makes it yeah. extra sweaty. I don't, I don't know it's what bad. it is. It's, a, it's definitely a different material to the pro shirt of the, of, of the year before. McGinney's literally drenched everywhere. as well. Come on, they're they're two of the bigger sweaters in the in the Villa team. I would say McGinn and Kamara, but they, you know this is next level. So it obviously hasn't affected them tonight because they've they've won five nil. But there's definitely something up with it because I don't see the other players I, I, in Castor shirts who 
look look like that. Although someone was saying at the weekend that West Ham players were sweating, so maybe it's a maybe it's a claret and blue problem. I, I guess we'll see against Burnley on, on Sunday when they're wearing their claret and blue kits, <laughs> and we can watch Villa in the in the away shirt and see whether it's as noticeable. But in the claret and blue shirt, it's very very noticeable how sweaty the Villa players are. Yeah, I think I um, Rob Warner had said about they made it a polythene, hadn't they? Yeah, <laughs> something off. There's something off with it. I, you know, I've got, I, the material is definitely different to last season's pro shirts, 100. percent If I was one of the players and that was bothering me, I'd have to be saying, like, "Can we do something about this? Can we have like you different do. shirts?" To play? Do. I don't know. It reminds, me of, um, reminds me of uh, the 2010 England shirts. Do you remember in South Africa the big controversy? Mm, yeah. They were made out of like really thick cotton. I know it's a different sort of material, but it's the same scenario visions in terms of anything I've seen in recent time. Anyway. Yeah, I've got one of those shirts. They are an odd material. Yeah, it is. And it's almost like a pajama top, isn't it? Like a yeah. thick thing. Um, but, you know, South Africa and, and Edinburgh are very different climates. Like, they shouldn't be, shouldn't be that sweaty. Up, up it's in not a big problem anyway, in Edinburgh tonight, we don't know. It might have been yeah, not, not that bad. Not that bad. It just looks all, it makes us look cheap as well, uh, as much as it's not really the point of this show. Just running around in cheap-looking shirts makes us look tacky. I can't uh, work out anyway. if someone in the comments is that, he's saying, I like it, I think it's sexy, but I hope they make it to him. <laughs> is, he talk, is he talking about the shirts there? What, what, I, don't Possibly, yeah. I don't know what you're talking that's about. What that's what you're into, albeit. <laughs> Uh, no problems at all. Luca Dean, then let's talk about him a little bit. There's a, a quote from your buddy, uh, Dan, Jacob Tanswell, um, saying Emery says Dean is closer to staying than leaving Aston Villa, but has not ruled out the possibility of the left-back going if Villa can have two quality left-backs fighting for the position. And obviously we were linked with Marcos Acuna a fair bit over the last week or so. Uh, Alex Moreno will be coming up from, from injury probably after the international break and he, if he's fit, at the moment, plays every week. Um, so there isn't a space for Duke, uh, Duke Luca Dean, who is on big wages, costs a lot of money, and if you can get rid of that contract, that's a, a good thing to do from a financial perspective. And like we said, if Moreno's fit for the season, Dean doesn't play anyway. But has played two very good games against Everton and, and tonight as well with a, a hat-trick of assists this afternoon. Look, last two games, he's, he's been good. I mean, Villa Park, he was afforded the space of the, the whole left-hand side. It Everton didn't, didn't go near him the, the entirety of the game. And one thing he's very good at is crosses. But I just think... He's got and time. I, yeah, he's got loads of time. I just think, and I, I said this on, our show, on my show with, with Greg, that you can't have your second-choice left-back being on, on those wages and, and not be first choice. It just it doesn't make any financial sense that the better of the two left-backs is the one that's on, on on less money. So from a financial point of view, if someone comes in and wants to take him, Villa will do that and they'll bring someone in who's who's on lesser wages and probably a lesser, well, definitely will be a lesser fee than than what we paid for, for Luca Dean. I, I feel as if he's almost like, at the moment, got a, almost like he's trying to prove a point because he knows that he's probably up for sale and he's made not not so much putting himself in the shop window but he's trying to just say oh, i i am a, i'm a good player which is you know that is the the right attitude and it is a, a positive attitude but pound for pound over the time he's been at villa he has not been value for money and has not been a, a good signing and i would still take more away from what i saw from him in that first game against newcastle than i will from in playing against a poor Everton and a, and a poor hip side. I know that sounds harsh and it sounds like I've got it got it in for him, but that, that's just my opinion that pound for pound, he, he has not been good value for money at all. And if Villa can shift him, he's 30 as well as he's 30, 31. If Villa can shift him and get someone in on less wages for a reasonable transfer fee and get him off the books, I, I think that's a, that's a good decision. Do you feel like what you just said there about reading more into the Newcastle game than Everton and Hibs, could the same... Be said about Leon Bailey as well. 
Yeah, pro- probably. Game against Newcastle. Probably, but you know that buying an attacking player is going to cost a hell of a lot of money, and you know mm-hmm. that we you're not getting any form of probably much money back for Leon Bale. I still think Luca Dean's a relatively big name player that teams will come in and tr- try and take, and you'll get you'll get something back. I think with with Bailey, I just I don't think that would be the case. At the, the I think Bay I think Bailey's of more value to Villa squad than Luca yeah. Dean because we have another really good left back at Villa when yeah. he's fit. We'll have to. Yeah. We don't have. We're not blessed with a load of attackers at the, at the moment. So I kind of feel like, although the general point of, yes, read more into the Newcastle game, we're not blessed enough in the front positions to be letting people go. Mm. Then again, I wouldn't think that a loan for Luca Dean makes much sense, really. Because if it you is to... someone to, else to, in. Yeah, but if it's to a French club, they're not notorious for having loads of money to spend. So they're going to be paying the majority of his wage still anyway. Like if you can ship him off to Saudi Arabia and get a transfer fee, like that makes perfect sense yeah. to lose him on a loan. So I'm not sure I, I get it. That, so I guess all these will be these will be the considerations. That's why Emery's probably saying he might end up staying because if Villa don't get a good loan offer or don't get the Saudi the Saudi offer, mm. then they won't do it because that doesn't probably doesn't make financial sense, does it? But, or, yeah. or if a move for somebody else falls through. Well, I think that's well. Cunha's got injured, hasn't he? Which and mm. I know Severe were being a bit a bit difficult about the the pricing. I, I got told that it was was all agreed, and then I think Severe may have moved the goalposts with the price reading reading between the lines. What do you make of Dean, Matt? It's a diff- I, to, if I did say, because I was in the camp, of, we shouldn't send base in sight, but I think that's more of a fast and loose comments about that. I don't see, as you boys mentioned there, about the fact that it's pointless loaning them out. If we're going to loan them out, we may as well keep them. Um, especially when I saw if we are letting go of Dean, it says that, saw a few rumours suggesting that the new Nuno Tavares might be the, the guy that comes in on loan if it isn't a Kuna. And I think that is the case, then. I think I'd rather stick with the idea of having somebody with the experience that Dean has than the ranks like Nuno Tavares and who by, by all means is a bit of a hothead judging from what Arteta's said about him and the fact that Arsenal would be willing to let him go to a side. Let's face it, I'm not saying we're a rival to Arsenal in terms of what we're trying to achieve this season, but in terms of uh, in terms of a position in the league, we are in the same breath as that. So from that side, I think that it doesn't make any sense. But Dan's right though, he hasn't been value for money yet for us, but that's not to say that he isn't. I mean, I know Moreno's coming back into the fold, uh, which is great for us. But if we want to be competing on all fronts, I don't think there's any harm in having two players that are of that high quality level. But in the same breath as that, Luca, as, as you say, he's, he's on a lot of money. So to shift that off the bill and, and to be able to use that money elsewhere is also very valuable. So I think that there's both sides. To it. I don't think there's wrong from the right with this one. I just think it's it's an interesting one to see how it plays out from that front. But yeah, I don't think that the idea of bringing Nuno Tavares in is, is a goer for me anyway. No, I will say as well. I don't know why I put my hand up like I was at school. I will say that Greg raised this the the other night that you know Villa with Keane and Davis a, a year ago didn't didn't sell him, mm. and now they're selling him for for one million pounds. Like if, mm. if Luca Dean has still got some value at the moment, and obviously he's coming off the back of a couple of games, and teams see that and they want to come in from him, Villa are going to get some money back. Sometimes you better. Just doing yeah. it and getting some form of, of, of money back because if you wait another year or two years or whatever, you're going to end up with, with nothing. This is part of the reason I think I know they're doing it for financial fair play reasons, but part of the reason why they're selling some of these academy players because the money is there at the moment. Mm-hmm. People are willing to come in and spend that that big money on those players. If you if you don't accept it now in a year's time, you might be looking at half of that for people that probably aren't going to be first choice and, and aren't going to play. So I, I think they're the clubs 
kind of learning from from previous previous mistakes maybe in the transfer market and not prepared to take risks in not getting fees in which i i respect that and and quite like it that they're that they're learning from stuff yeah I got agreed. Uh, there's a couple of comments, and this will be the last thing we talk about because I'm having to do a bit of digging here as we're as we're on air about Nicolo Zaniolo's eligibility for the Conference League, um, which he played for Galatasaray in a second qualifying round uh, against Zal Greece. They drew two two, uh, and he was substituted off in that game as well. Uh, Article 44 on the UEFA website says that as a rule, a player may not play in the Champions League and in the other competitions, Europa League or Conference League, for more than one club in the course of the same season. Exceptionally, however, a player who has been fielded in the preliminary round or first, second or third qualifying round in the Champions League is entitled to play in the Champions League, Europa League or Conference League for another club from the group stages. So Zaniolo won't play at Villa Park next week because he's currently cup-tied, I guess you'd say, um, is my understanding of that ruling at least. So Zaniolo debut at Burnley potentially? Because he won't play next week. I think he's fit. He'll be on the bench because we've seen the bench tonight, haven't we? You know, there's, def- there's definitely space there. there so tonight, you... wasn't <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like Emery thought he could play. So he's probably travelled, hasn't he? If he was there tonight, mm-hmm. he's obviously obviously travelled with them, thinking that he could play. And they've probably found out after that those quotes from from Emery that that yeah, oh, actually, he can't play. Well, at least that's been an admin error. It's the admin error. At least they didn't feel field anyone ineligible and have to replay the game yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine if we fielded Zaniolo and got kicked out of the tournament at this round. <laughs> oh, God. And that's my only my understanding anyway of that ruling. I could be absolutely wrong in the way that, that sounds it right. It sounds, it sounds right. So let's, let's say it is. Um, I think that's pretty much it, to be honest, is, unless there's anything else specifically you two wanted to, to bring up. Uh, just a nod to Jake Dorhay's. Um, just, I don't think it was mentioned on comms either, the fact that he's obviously came through the Villa Academy. And to be fair, he's been up in Scotland since then. I know a few mm. years ago we talked about him being our saviour in the Championship. So just credit to him for actually just grafting it out in the SPL at the moment. Was at Livingston, I think. And now he's a, he would have started today, he should come back from injury. So just a nod that fair play to him. He's grafted away in a Villa Academy product. It's always good to see them didn't do well, whatever level it's at. Did he follow you on Twitter or something and you felt the need for the need to say that? He's you from historic shows no, when, I just, when we were I, I, I just feel like it's been missed across the board, to be fair. To be fair, I just remember watching him coming up through the academy and thought he's going to be something. So I think it's just a, a nod to my past permutations and what a player might become. Jesus, how cross can Villa get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's end it there. Uh, very quickly, score prediction for the next next uh, next round. Well, the next leg? 2-0 Villa. Conservative, Matt? Yeah, I'd, I'd say 1-0. I think uh, <laughs> I think it'll be a tough fixture for us, if anything. So Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You're going to do a prediction. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0, just to balance it out. <laughs> Let's go 5 again, make it, make it 10. Them games, it, I think those games are harder than you think when you're already through and you know, you're going to yeah. make changes. It'll just be a stroll in the park. Two yeah, just, just, it just won't matter, will it? We could lose 2 0 for our kid. Literally means. I don't want to lose the home. I don't want to lose the home. want to keep the home run going. Dan, Matt, thanks for joining me. <laughs> Maybe if we uh, fancy linking up again throughout the season, you are always welcome to come back. Uh, thanks everyone for watching along live on Wednesday evening. Uh, if you're catching up with this after the fact, subscribe to the Can't Blue YouTube channel, get involved in the comment sections, and uh, we'll see you for Burnley on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>